Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Acts, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 22. When you get to Acts chapter 4, you realize a lot of things have taken place. You have the explosive growth of the church at Pentecost. And then in Acts chapter 3, you have Peter going to Solomon's portico there at the temple. And he runs into a man that's lame, that's 40 years old. And the guy is begging. He's asking for money. Remember the famous statement Peter makes. He says, silver and gold have I none, but the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And this guy gets up off the ground. This guy's been lame and begging for many years. And he's leaping and jumping and praising God. The people are amazed at this. And Peter seizes the opportunity and preaches a sermon. He preaches the gospel to these people. We need to think about one thing before we do our reading. It's through the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, this fellow is healed. The response is the crowd comes together. The result of that is Peter preaches this sermon. When we get to chapter 4, we get the reaction of the Jewish leaders. Now, realize the Jewish leaders, these would be the high priest, along with the temple authorities, Uh, That would be the Sadducee authorities or the Sadducee party. Remember, the Sadducees ran the temple. That would be the priestly class. Then there would be the leaders among the Pharisees, the the rabbinic leaders. So these are the people that are going to come together and deliberate, and they do not like the idea that Peter is preaching in the name of Jesus. These are the people that came together and had Jesus condemned. They worked up this uh, plot to have Christ killed just some days before this. And now, these fellows are disrupting the peace. They thought they had done away with that troublemaker Christ or Jesus. And now these guys are preaching about Jesus, and they don't want to hear about it. So let's go to our reading now and realize uh, the the background, what's going on, before we get to chapter 4. We're going to read chapter 4, verses 1 through 22. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem, with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. 
So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. So interesting passage. We have the temple authorities arresting Peter and John because this happens in the temple precincts. Now remember, there could be something going on here too. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection and the central claim of what's being preached is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's something to take note of, that when the gospel was preached by the early Christians, the gospel was one of the linchpin arguments that they made. So maybe there's something with the Sadducees here and here where they don't want to hear about the resurrection. So they hold them in custody for another day because that would be getting toward the evening of the day they're arrested. So they see them on the next day, so they have to spend the night in jail. And we realize that 5,000 people now have come to faith in Jesus Christ. That's 5,000 men. So there's no telling what that number would be if you include women. Now they come together with the most powerful people of Jerusalem. And you want to think about the most educated, the most powerful, the richest people in Jerusalem will come together and they will hold court concerning. Ask Peter, well, in what name did you do this? Like you worked this miracle. How did this happen? So Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit and starts to preach to them and tells them, that this good deed was done in the name of Jesus Christ, then it takes really, um, uh, I guess, a lot of courage, a lot of guts to say what Peter said. He said, this Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, this is the guy you crucified. You guys did this. So that took some guts to say that right there to their face. You crucified your Messiah. Then in verse 11, he quotes from Psalm 118. This psalm is quoted a good bit in the New Testament. And basically what Peter is saying is, is you guys, the, the Jewish leaders, you're the builders of, of the house. But the very stone you needed to build your edifice is Jesus Christ. The cornerstone would be the most important stone in the foundation. And they're like, you rejected the most important stone of all. So you are not very good builders. In other words, you're illegitimate. You cast out the most important thing by rejecting Jesus. Once again, that took guts. Then in verse 12, something I think we need to meditate on that I think is very important. There is no other name under heaven in which people could be saved but Jesus Christ. There's no other way people can be saved. Jesus makes this claim in the Gospel of John. I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way. So Jesus makes this emphatically clear. David Platt tells the story of a few religious leaders coming together, one being a Christian, one being a Muslim, and one being a Hindu, and they're sitting around the fire and they're talking about their religion. And one of them speaks up the Hindu and he says, you know, basically we're all climbing up the same mountain. We're on different sides of the mountain, but we're all climbing to the same source. We're all climbing toward God. And the Christian says, I really disagree with your model there. It's radically different than what you could imagine. What you're saying is not true at all. Because the Christian faith claims this, that God, through Jesus Christ, climbed down the mountain and came to us to lift us up the mountain. See, Christianity is not like other world religions. We're not just one and another choice of the, the myriad of choices in cafeteria of religion of this world. You just don't come in and 
pick out you know which plate you want from each different religion. It's not like that at all. Jesus has an exclusive claim over us. And it's interesting that they have boldness. Even the, the leaders see this. These guys are pretty bold and courageous. And the word used here in Greek for their boldness is the same word used for a free person in Greek society. A Greek person could speak freely if they were a voter, if they were part of the polis and the ecclesia, the, the called out ones, this boldness of speech. So here they are incarcerated by the most powerful people of their time, at least the ones they know, and they're speaking as if free, per, free people. So even though it seems like their situation is one of bondage, in Peter's mind, he is free to speak however he wants to speak because of Christ. And here is something we think about political theory. Uh, you say the word politics and people kind of freak out. But if you think about government and politics and how we interact with governmental authorities, of course we're told in Romans 13 to respect those who are in authority. They are ministers of God. If you read closely through Romans 13, you'll notice that the government's job is to punish evil and to celebrate or champion the good. That's what government is there for. It's the minister of God. It should be doing those things. And sometimes government will ask us to do things that are contrary to God's will. Peter gives you a really easy, simple, simple rule to live by here. You can read a bunch of books and stress out about this, but here it is pretty simple. If mankind, even the government, asks you to do something that's contrary to God's will, you need to obey God first. That's all Peter's saying. Now, you guys can tell us to quit preaching about Jesus, but you know what? We're going to listen to God more than we're going to listen to you. Now, what Christians are not called to be is jerks about it. We're not called to go out and look for trouble and invent martyrdom, and that's what some people like to do is invent martyrdom. We're not inviting that you become a martyr or a victim but when the time comes and you've got to choose between doing what God says and what a governmental official has to say, no matter how powerful they might be, you always go with obeying God. That is an easy, simple principle to live by. So going back and thinking about our passage, what we've learned today, well, for one thing, the gospel gives these guys boldness. Gives them boldness, even though they're not the most educated or elite in their society. Knowing about Jesus and his resurrection, the gospel gives them a sense of boldness to their life. They're not running scared at all. There's this exclusive claim of Jesus Christ. He is the only way to salvation. There's no caveats here. It's exactly what the text says, and it's upheld in multiple places. We are not a pluralistic religion, but we're just one in a myriad of different religions in the world. We don't roll with that as Christians. That's not Christian, actually. And the other part is a simple principle to live by when it comes to God and government. We are to not cause trouble, pray for our rulers. It's pretty simple. We're to obey the governing authorities until, and here's the simple principle, they call upon you to do something that is contrary to what God has told you to do. So there it is today. I hope this reading has taught you a few things and edified you in your faith, and I hope you join us back again tomorrow as we continue our readings with Devin and his podcast. God bless.